A slight delay, but it is the latest. Martin and Marlo, this is episode 10, Chuck, and I didn't warn you about this. I guess we don't have to do it every week because it can get really annoying. But when I think of the number 10, which, do you have a blink on a number 10 immediately? Man, I feel like I should. Right when you said 10, I feel like there's one I'm really obviously missing. Isn't it Tony, TLR? Where yeah. I'm seeing a baseball jersey. Maybe it is. Maybe Chipper. it is. Is Chipper Chipper's 10? Chipper's 10, but I, I think a Larusa, and I, I know I'm kind of like a, a weird numbers guy, but I haven't done well on all these because just some of my blinks haven't been grabbing the obvious ones. But Larusa, when he came here, chose 10 because he said he wanted to be here when the Cardinals won their 10th championship. That was the reason he picked 10. You know, he's superstitious and weird and all that stuff. <laughs> Love him, but he's weird. Picked the 10 just because of that. And then when they won the 11th, it was in 11. So it is number 10. Uh, Chuck, well, he's, he's healthy. He's happy. I mean, I don't know if he's happy, but you had a stomach flu bout. And I think this is interesting right now as everybody's in this kind of freak out world when somebody coughs at the store and you evacuate. When you got sick, can you help but get paranoid and, and think the worst? You can't this day and age, especially with you Google, even before that. If you did WebMD, you'll convince yourself you have everything. But then I think your workplace, Fox 2, your daycare, your school for your kids and all that, everybody has to be so safe to worry about everybody else. I get it. But, I mean, everybody in our house basically had about a, a day or so where they're really sick with digestive issues. And none of us, my wife, my daughter, myself, none of us ever had a fever. None of us had any type of respiratory issues. We had none of those classic COVID symptoms. But then again, you start to read and you're reading different reports that say, okay, 25% in one study had only GI issues and no fever. Another study, you know, a third of the COVID patients had just digestive issues and no fever, no respiratory. And then I'll also say, probably don't get tested in urgent care. Maybe we won't get a sponsor from them, but because my test took three days, you kind of just wait in there convincing yourself that you have it until my wife, she got her test back quicker. She was negative. At that point, I'm thinking, I don't have it. But I understand why in a workplace, in schools and all that, you need to wait to get a negative test to send people back amongst everybody else. For example, if my wife or I would have tested positive, they would have shut down the toddler room in my daughter's school for two weeks. I and mean, that affects how many families get no childcare for two weeks because one person has COVID? And you would have been hated. And it, it brings <laughs> up, I mean, you would. And it, it brings yeah. up something. So John Mozalek, so they had, what, Seven Nights in Milwaukee in the hotel, which would be a great book. LaRusse's with Three Nights in August, Seven Nights in Milwaukee, without leaving their room, ultimately, not the whole seven. But something that in these repeated Zooms, John Mozalek would provide these updates. That was kind of a recurring theme. And I get it, it's annoying because, and not just the media people, but the whole world right now. First of all, everyone's a private eye. Yeah, I heard from a friend of mine that uh, I saw this player and uh, he was at the store and he wasn't wearing his mask. Did you hear this? And everyone's a private eye. And then everyone's a scientist. So mm -hmm. when they got their second round of negatives, which meant they could head back to St. Louis, all I did was put out the facts. The Cardinals say they've had a second day of negative testing. They're cleared to return to St. Louis on Wednesday. Just the facts. That's it. And somebody immediately says, 
that's suspicious. How do you go from 13 to zero? And I said, <laughs> I, said I, I don't know. I said, I'm not Dr. Fauci, but they did isolate starting on Friday, which I guess had the chance in theory that would stop the spread because nobody left the room for five days. But I don't fucking know. Like people are ticks, tweeting at me like, I don't believe it. And I'm like, okay, everybody at home right now thinks they're a goddamn scientist. It's, it's embarrassing. And then you have the scarlet letter, which is the other thing Mosaic talked about. Everybody, like, let's say you and Jess got it. Oh, wow. I wonder if they, what did they do? Go to a concert? Did they go to one of those state fairs? What were you down at the Ozarks? I mean, everybody is quick to brandish, you know, brand everybody with the scarlet letter. And some people are just getting it. And one of the answers Mosaic had, because people were like, well, what are, you know, what are you guys doing on the road? What, what, what are your protocols? And he said, listen, I'm like you guys. I go to get gas. And maybe my wife sends me a text and says, grab some milk. So he goes in and you're wearing your mask. You're doing everything you're supposed to do. But some people are just going to get it. And it, I don't think it helps where everybody, now, if your neighbor has a big freaking throwdown party, <laughs> a kegger with 100 people, and you see it happening, and then the next day they've all got COVID, well, then that's different. But people that are testing positive right now, it doesn't immediately mean, oh, they're a bunch of jackasses that weren't paying attention to the protocols. Why do you say that? Because as we're basically amongst the testing, thinking, okay, what do we do if we have this? I was thinking about that. And about two weeks prior, my wife and I went to Nashville, which is a quote unquote hotspot. Now we drove there. We, we didn't go out to dinner one time. We were going there to visit my sister-in-law, but we put a couple of pictures up on Facebook and I don't have Instagram, but I'm sure Jess did stuff on Instagram. And I'm thinking to myself, if we test positive, if I test positive, and then for some reason I have to say that for Fox 2 or radio, whatever the case may be, podcast, I'm thinking, would somebody go to my Facebook and say, oh, 12 days ago, they were a Nashville hotspot, you know what I'm saying? And then start to critique my behavior. And you can make the case, okay, I shouldn't have went to Nashville. But we literally drove, stopped for gas, arrived there, wore a mask the whole time, never went out to dinner, literally only spent time with are you know my in-laws there for a couple of days and came right back the same way but i was thinking should i go to facebook and delete this post should i have jess delete instagram posts from nashville just in case somebody goes you know 12 days ago the incubation period's 14 days you know what i'm saying like people are judging you like that yeah it's unbelievable because you could you could do everything right and you know, live in your life i mean i go to work and I come home, I don't really go anywhere other than work-related. Maybe a live shot standing outside Bush Stadium. And I think that's the point uh, Mosellock was – and I get it. Some people can't stand Mosellock, so whatever he says is garbage to them. I understand that. But I think beyond the Cardinals, the, the whole world right now is reacting the same way. When somebody gets it, it's like, oh, what did they do wrong? What did they do wrong? Well, did all, the, all your grandmas and grandpas that died in the nursing home, did they all do something wrong? I mean – this thing is different than anything we've ever experienced. So I, I hate that element of it. But I do think the Cardinals may have, and the Marlins, I guess, shown that it's possible, as painful as it may be, although sitting in a hotel room eating room service is not the worst thing in the world. This is not Guantanamo Bay. But they may have shown that it can be done. I don't know how they're going to make up all the games. But in other words, Rob Manford said, we're going to get through this season. I think maybe they will. I think they've shown that there's a way. So right now you have all these teams, and I guess 
they've got it under control. Now, I'm not stupid enough to think it won't happen again. There'll be some team next week that might have three players. That's why nobody should point the finger either. You get a lot of players saying, what's going on around this league? What's happening? It could be an outbreak on any, any team. But I think after this week with the Cardinals, I'm actually believing that they're going to pull this off. They're going to get this season done. Now, maybe totally bastardized. Some team plays 54 games, some plays 58, and they go by winning percent. I do think that's going to happen. I don't think they're all getting the 60, but I think they're going to get it done. Yeah, and I don't even care about that at this point. It's just fun to have sports back, hockey, basketball, baseball. I just – I really don't care. In, in 2020, it's not going to be fair. As you said, some teams will probably play 60, some 52. I mean, I don't know what it is now, but the Marlins, are they 3-1 and one now? Whatever it was, like in the standings, they were in second place. They were 2-1 and one before they played, they played four games, and they're teams that have played 12. Right. It's just – it's absolutely crazy. But I, I do think that – this year, the pandemic, 2020, everything going on. If your life wasn't already in perspective, and I've, I've cared less about sports as I've gotten older, even though I work in sports, I just am talking more from a fan standpoint. I still love to watch and gamble and fantasy and all that. But at the end of the day, it really just is entertainment. You want your teams to win. You want them to win the World Series. I still like Ohio State football. I was pissed when they lost to Clemson. I still blame the refs, but I mean, I was over an hour. I'm, I'm 38 years old with a family. Like, am I going to cry because a football team I like lost a big game and they're good every single year. Like to me, baseball right now. And when the blues play Thursday, it's about a two or three hour window where you can just chill and enjoy yourself. I really don't care what happens. I mean, the playoffs are going to be weird. I think years from now, I don't think we'll look at that team differently that wins the world series because we'll kind of forget a little bit about, what was going on. You know, if 16 teams get in, you're going to have to win four series to get there. To me, sports in 2020 is all about entertainment. As long as there's games on, I'm happy about that. And I didn't monitor all of the reaction, but certainly there was speculation and who's got it on the Cardinals and these guys are acting a fool. And then it comes out, well, Yadier Molina is one of them. Then I, it seemed like Cardinal fans like, well, these things happen. It was like, I think they were ready to just skewer some of the younger players. And then it, and you know, it's funny is I talked to people that work with the team and they said, before all this happened, they said, you know, who like one of the biggest germaphobes is, is known as being a clean freak is Molina. So I, I did not expect him to be on the list. It certainly heightened the attention that it got with around the league, the fact he's on there. But then you get to the baseball part of it. You lose Molina. You lose DeYoung. Carlos, who has a mysterious injury, unnamed at this point, whatever that means, um, not on the official COVID list, one of your starting pitchers. I think roster-wise, if you can get past the scarlet letter and all the games to be made up, that's a pretty big hit, even if it only lasts for another week or so. That, that's a lot of Matt Weeders, who's a pretty good backup to have. I guess it's a lot of Tommy Edmond and Short. But just from a competitive standpoint, once you get back to the baseball thoughts, that's a pretty big blow for the Cardinals. Yeah, I also think it's just – it's a lot of stopping and starting. And you're already seeing some of these pitchers have a ton of injuries because I think the whole, the whole baseball calendar has been turned upside down this year. And, and your guys are, are getting scratched. You know, Clayton Kershaw didn't make his first start with a bat. Now, he's often injured. But I still think – I think the fact that you had a spring, you guys got ramped up from the pitching side – dang close to their full workload. Then they sat for like three months, got back going, 
if you're Jack Flaherty, you threw your first start, you're feeling good, and then you sit for another week. I mean, I know he was throwing balls against the mattress, but I think it's just hard to, to pick up any momentum or to carry that. And maybe that's a good thing because the Cardinals didn't play well against the Twins their last series. Now the Twins are a, a pretty dang good team. But I think, again, I think it's all about just getting to the round of 16. You could be one of the best teams in MLB and easily lose a best two of three. You could get swept. A team that goes 40 and 20 could very easily get swept best two of three. So to me, it's all about getting to the, the round of 16. And then if you're fortunate enough to get past that first best two of three, I think then it's more of a normal baseball postseason. And the Cubs are really good. And the interesting stat is that they have the best starting pitching ERA-wise. I think Does ERA still matter? I keep forgetting what, what stats we're counting, right? ERA? value ERA. Okay. So the, the best starting ERA, worst bullpen ERA. And I, I don't follow the Cubs like day in and day out. I'm not a passionate Cubs fan. But doesn't it seem like bullpen woes, even some of the late innings before the closer and then the closer, doesn't it seem like the Cubs have had bullpen issues even when they've been good for like the last five years? Absolutely. And even when they won it, they went out, remember, and made the uh, very controversial decision to trade for Roldis Chapman. And, and even there were some, some parts of that postseason when they won where they, they probably overused him as well. Yeah. I would love to look at those numbers because, again, as a fantasy geek, I do follow this here and there. For example, I did draft Craig Kimbrell in my fantasy league, Ooh. and I didn't really want to, but there's not a lot of brand closers that you can actually say, okay, he's going to be the closer. There's so many other teams that have closer by committee. Look at the Cardinals. Who would you have drafted to be the closer? Okay, before your, before your uh, season started, okay, maybe Helsley, maybe Carlos Martinez. And then, boom, a couple days before the season starts, they say KK. I mean, Gio Gallegos will probably get some saves. Tyler Webb, Andrew Miller. So, again, I only chose Craig Kimbrell because I'm thinking he's going to be the guy. Well, a week in, he's not. His numbers are absolutely terrible. So, whatever their ERA is a bullpen, I bet you he's responsible for half of it because he's been awful. The Kill Coin Conversation slash Martin and Marlowe, episode 10. It's all part of the big umbrella, Chuck. It's brought to you by Triad Bank. They're located in Frontenac on Clayton Road. It's just west of Lindbergh. On the web, triadbanking.com. And if you're a small business owner, you know how rough that can be. Make sure you're working with the right bank, a locally owned bank that knows how to navigate all issues St. Louis. We tend to be, I don't know if you've noticed this, Chuck, a little provincial around here. It's not always easy to get things done in St. Louis. So make sure you're working with the bank that's based here, started here in 2005, five-star rated bank. It's Triad Bank in Frontenac on the web, triadbanking.com. And Marie de Villa Senior Living at the corner of Clayton and Weidman Road. Senior living that you can truly enjoy since 1960. Marie de Villa, take a virtual tour right now online. This is a place where you'll enjoy your retirement years, but also where they don't want just people sitting around. They have it festive. You know what, Chuck? I've actually gone and I've talked to the folks. How, how exciting for them in their retirement years to have me as a guest speaker. But they do events. This is how much fun Fred is over there. He'll put an event together and he'll have like former Big Red football players come and tell stories. And the people there remember watching the Big Red. And I've done some events there with Al Roboski and Rick Horton and talking baseball. And so it's a great spot in your senior years because there's always activity. Beautiful campus there. 
corner of Clayton and Wyndham Road. It is Marie de Villa Senior Living. And the Marlowe moments are brought to us by. Well, first, I would like to say, because you brought up Triad Bank, our guy Jim Ragnett. Do we know if he listens, by the way? I don't know, but I'm, I think I'm golfing with him next week, so I will find out. Well, give him a shout-out because I actually just uh, got another loan from Triad. Our guy Jim Regna, and I work with Matthew Tobin. I'm trying to get my little uh, rental property business going, and I've used my last three through Triad. They do a fantastic job. They're so easy. It's a relationship bank, so once you work with them, it's just even easier the second time and third time to do everything there. So they don't just talk the talk. They walk the walk. And they're not even technically a sponsor of mine. I'm just saying that they're a great place to go. Okay, that's, that's, that's not even a paid endorsement. Although if Jim wants to throw me a couple bucks, you know, I won't turn that down. No, just kidding. Um, and then also for me, Corner Butcher and Fenton, I got to load up there again. Mike Diffley and his family. Uh, love them. He's a good CBC guy. Absolutely. He's coached. He coached at, uh, I believe, Vianney, maybe a little, little Chaminade football coaching back in the day but uh, Mike Diffa they have all kinds of great grilling everything you need for grilling at Corner Butcher and Fenton check them out uh, St. Louis Lawn Care St. Louis Equipment Kennelwood Pet Resorts I'm looking at Otis right now he's chilling it's all good he's behaving well because of Kennelwood and then uh, of course Kirkwood Pizzeria I gotta get back there and see my guy Carl as well because they have the best pizza in town and their wings are really good and you lost all that weight now you can load up Isn't that's that funny I had that. I had like three years ago, really bad stomach flu for a couple of days. The timing was terrible. It was right before my brother's funeral, but I honestly lost like ten pounds in like three days. And looking back at some pictures, I'm like, "Well, that's the best I've looked in a long time." It's funny because I usually am right around two forty. I think the best I've been this year was about two thirty-seven or so, and within one day of being sick like the worst of it. My wife says to me, she goes, you know, I lost seven pounds and my wife weighs half what I weigh. That's like a ton of weight for a woman. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm wondering what I weigh. So I go over there. I had also lost seven pounds and I've always wanted to get, I want to get to in the two twenties. You know, I just want to see two twenty nine. I haven't seen two twenty nine for a while. And so I was at two thirty four. I'm like, man, if I can get sick for another week or so, I can get there. That, that is funny because my hover has been in the 240s, and I've said I said the same thing. I'm like, just once on that scale, I wanted to say like 228. Now to get there would be better diet, less drinking. I know how to do it. I haven't done it yet, but I have the same mantra in my head just to get. And then if I could hover around 230, mm -hmm. I think that would be my my targeted goal. And when we had our big weight loss challenge, I got closer, but didn't get down to 229. So. Things to, things to shoot for. If I could just get that stomach flu, Chuck, I think I could do this. I'll tell you what. Just Maybe you can go just eat a bad burrito somewhere and see what happens. Uh, the Blues are going to be playing – they are playing meaningful games, although the round robin, it's, sort of, it's, it's about seeding, so it does matter. But when they lose that game to the Avalanche at the last possible second, tenth of a second, I think the goal counted. They looked at it a million times. But because the games don't really count, it's weird. Like, that, if that was a playoff game, a true playoff game, we'd be talking about that for months, maybe years. But I think it speaks to sort of the weirdness of the round robin counting but not terribly 
It's not an elimination. If that were a true playoff game, don't you think we'd be dissecting that for a million years? Instead, like the next day, we moved on. Yeah, I just don't think that one would have been as controversial as the hand pass and some of these other crazy sports moments, especially they've had in, in St. Louis and Missouri in recent years. But I agree with you. I also wonder, I just maybe I'm thinking too macro here, but I just wonder if big picture also the fact that people are so happy to have sports because this year has been so shitty that they just kind of let things roll off their back a little more. But again, if that happened the Stanley Cup final, I think I think you're right. Look, the Blues played well, and I think you watched that game, and you saw two teams that very easily could win the Stanley Cup that were playing. I mean, that was that was a high level hockey game. So the Blues could the Blues could go one and two or zero oh and three. They could lose three games in the round robin by a goal each time, and I really wouldn't even be worried. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even think okay, they don't have a great chance to win the cup because. They're playing really good teams. We see this every year. I think some of those years the Blues lost to the Blackhawks and the Kings when the Kings and the Hawks were winning Stanley Cups. The Blues might have been the second-best team in the league. You know, if, if a break went their way, they could have maybe won the Cup that year, and instead they're out in the first and second round because of the way the format was set up. I just think sometimes in hockey, especially in the Western Conference, you're playing a great team right off the bat. And yet Bennington making 36 saves. And in the first period, he was unbelievable. That's when I said, okay, this reminds me of the Blues team that we've seen in recent years. This feels right. And that gives you a reason to believe that they could go on another deep run when he's doing exactly what he does. And then the news comes out from the bubble itself, zero positive tests. And I think Doug Armstrong was on with our friend Andy Strickland on the radio, and he said, I would, and you don't want to jinx anything, but he said, I, I'm guessing that we won't have any, the way it's set up there. It does seem they, they truly have created a bubble where there's skywalks from the hotel to the rink, which in Canada they've got those because of the winter months anyway. It does seem like the, it makes Major League Baseball look worse because the NHL seems to have pulled this off. Yeah, and I, I hate to bag on Major League Baseball, and we already discussed about how, look, the players have to act right, but it's also not always their fault. You can get this, and it's not your fault. I, I do believe. Now, sometimes when players say, oh, I did everything right, I don't believe you. I actually I do believe that Yadier Molina followed all the protocols. I mean, this is a guy that's got almost 20 years in the league. He, he's a leader. He, he takes care of his body. He prepares every day. I absolutely believe that he took every safety protocol. Paul DeYoung was pre-med. I mean, in his offseason, he's doing like science experiments. He probably knows more about the virus than Fauci does. I totally believe, I'm just kidding. I totally believe though, that he followed all of these safety protocols. So the thing with Major League Baseball though, is looking back, when you have the NBA and you have hockey doing a full-on bubble, for baseball to try to keep the integrity of an old schedule with two-game series with bookended off days, how dumb was that? And now you're seeing they're making up these games. Well, the Cardinals were going to play four games in Detroit. We know they're not postponed. But they're going to be the home team for two of them. That's how 2020 should have been. It should have been a 10-game homestand and a 10-game road trip. And then you come right back, 10-game homestand. And you know what? If one team plays 32 home games and one team plays 28, who cares? It should have been a five-game series against the Cubs at Bush and then a five-game series against the Cubs at Wrigley and get those people back. And you know what? If you just said it was only games within the division and you play everybody, what, that would have been, whatever that number is, 15 times, that would have been fine. 
I think looking back, you could have easily cut three to four road trips out of the Cardinals' travel schedule. I think they have around 10 trips. You could have easily cut three or four out by saying, look, in 2020, we know travel's the issue. We should never have a series that's less than four games. Looking back, and I mean, you could, you could have said this when it happened. That was really stupid. And I think what happened with baseball is probably what happened with the country. At the time, you thought things were trending up. You were kind of feeling good about it, like, hey, we kind of are moving past the, the, the scary part or whatever. I think, honestly, that's what they bought into. It was like, hey, it's getting better, and hey, maybe by the end of the year we'll have some fans. And then instead it starts going in reverse. Uh, COVID shout-out this week, uh, the Joe Buck podcast, Daddy Issues. Now, I don't listen regularly to any podcast, but if I see a guest name, I'll try and tune in. Early on, Joe started doing this, and he had Bill Simmons, and I never was a big Bill Simmons fan, but I, I enjoyed him on that podcast. But a buddy of mine, Lance, TV guy in Milwaukee, who you like because he always mocks me. Mm-hmm. But he had, we were in a group text. I've got like 18 different group texts going on with different people, but a couple of guys I used to work with, and we were talking. I think it was mostly about like political correctness, and Lance said, you got to listen to Barkley on Joe Buck's podcast. So the other day I'm in the yard pulling weeds, perfect time, listen to the whole thing. And I know you don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but you got to listen to it just because Charles, I think he's a centrist, I would say, when it comes to race relations. Uh, He is always funny, but also Joe says, you know, hey, you're such a nice guy. You're not. And then Bark goes, no, man, I used to be an asshole. He said, it took me a while to like get my game going and to, to be a better person. And if you listen to it, I, I think you already know what Charles is about. But it's just fun in a long form to hear him explain. And he said when he was on the Sixers, he was pouting and he was pissy because he couldn't play. When he got to the Sixers, they had Dr. J and Moses Malone and Mo Cheeks. He said, I didn't even get any time. And he said he went up to see Moses Malone. They lived in the same building. And Moses Malone invited him up to the penthouse where he lived. And Barkley was bitching about the coach and playing time. And Moses Malone said, you want to know why you're not playing? He said, you're fat and you're lazy. (laughs) And Barkley said, that changed everything. He said, I needed to hear it. Um, And then he kind of got committed. I think Moses Malone helped him lose the weight and made him into a better player. And it's just really fun to hear his take on everything and why he doesn't care what people think, which, you know, Joe has always kind of struggled with that, admittedly. And Barkley's like, man, I, I see my man. Bu-. He calls him Buck the whole interview, which is also kind of funny. Uh-huh. And then Barkley goes, I get the same shit from people. He goes, you know what? He said, I don't give a fuck who wins the game. You know what I want? I want the season to be over so I can go home and golf. <laughs> That's probably what every broadcaster truly feels deep down. It's just end the season, go home. It, it, but it's worth checking out if you get some time. I think Charles Barkley, too. I don't want to say he's untouchable. I know he got in a little bit of hot water a few years ago. I think he had a little bit of a suspension for, a, for an off-the-field issue. But generally, don't you think there are some broadcasters that I feel like are uncancelable, even, even in 2020? And it's not like he says anything that's just absolutely ridiculous. But I think people know that Charles is opinionated, and he's also trying to be funny, and he is hilarious. I mean, he might be the best, he might be the best studio analyst in all sports for my money just because when I tune into stuff like that I don't I don't want stat nerd I can I can read that 
when I tune into sports, I want to laugh. And I don't know if any person or any show in the sports world makes you laugh more than, than that show. What is it? Inside the NBA, whatever it is. I mean, that for 20 years, I mean, he's been on that show just cracking people up. And remember they put him in, I guess they still do. We didn't have March Madness this year, but when they put him on the NCAA, it was pretty obvious that he didn't follow college basketball that closely. But he would still, he'd just throw shit out there. And I, I'm telling you, check it out if you can. That's this week's COVID shout-out. You can download. Well, hey. Yes. No, real, real quick. Do you remember? Real quick, real quick, real quick. The first year, I think Billy Packer, because, you know, he wasn't doing the games, and he criticized Barkley. And he did this rant, and he said something along the lines of, you know, Billy Packer, shut the hell up. Yeah, I don't know who plays for Wofford. I don't know who plays for Belmont. He goes, guess what? Turner has a billion dollars. That's how we got these games. And it was awesome. It's like, yeah, who cares? I'm Charles Barkley. I'm going to watch the games. I'm going to make you laugh. Deal with it. Uh, you can download this show. It's now available on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your weekly podcasts, daily podcast. Add Martin and Marlo to the mix. Chuck, be well, and uh, good luck putting that weight back on. I'm sure you will. Oh, yeah. It's probably back on already, for sure. I'm not even weighing myself because I know it is. Good for you. Congrats. All right. We'll talk to you folks next week.